Good morning and welcome to The Brief. I'm Bear with BearIndependent.com. It is 2 Goon 23 and we are going to do The Brief today. If you're new here, please subscribe, ring the little bell icon. If you're not new here, you know what to do. Share the show with somebody you love and make sure that you haven't been unsubscribed by the YouTube algorithmic robots. Now, you may realize that I said it's 2 Goon 23 and not 2 June 23, and the reason for that is apparently the uh, cult of GMOC. What is the cult of GMOC, Barrett? The gender mutilation of children. The cult of GMOC has claimed this entire month as their pride month, and I'm just, nah, nope, not, not cool with that. I spend too much of my life rescuing kids from assholes to be cool with that. Well, that's a broad statement, and you're just sweeping all these people in the same category, then you should stand against it as well. If you find yourself in that category and you are not part of the cult of GMOC, open your damn mouth. As for uh, us, you know, here at Bear Independent Refuge Medical, of which I'm the founder and CEO, and the reason that we're having this brief today, Refuge Medical, we're celebrating the month of Goon. Are we soldiers, sailors, airmen, and marines? No. Nope. We're civilians, a bunch of prior service for sure, but we're all now civilians. But if they want to dress up in rainbows and tiaras, we're going to dress up in Marpat and Nods, because it's the month of Goon. So hopefully you'll celebrate the month of Goon with us. Also, how interesting that the month of Goon coincides with the very same month in which yesterday, by the stroke of a pen, Bureaucrats within the federal government made approximately 40 million Americans felons. Mm. It is FAFO Friday, so here we are. Two Goon 23, Bare Independent Brief. Homebuyers are feeling the strain as the U.S. housing market sees mortgage rates surging to 7%. Securing affordable loans... Bleh, uh, why? Why are you doing that? The rich rule over the poor and a borrower is slave to the lender. Yeah, but... Yeah, but God said. Securing affordable loans is becoming increasingly difficult, so many homeowners are sitting on their lower mortgage rates, refusing to sell. The average cost to own a home is now $2,700 per month in the United States of America, including mortgage, insurance, and maintenance. Average cost. The system's a whore, man. Why won't she be good to me? I just can't get ahead, because she's a whore. She's not a wife, she's a whore. And you're over here like PTSD'd out from how bad the system has treated you. Uh, and yet you're like, well, maybe if I just continue to whore in the system, I'll find a whore that'll be nice to me. Mm. No, you want a wife, not a whore. The system's a whore. The whore of Babylon, anybody. Do you read that blue book? Which, by the way, this channel is unapologetically for people of deep faith who are interested in preparedness. If you just happen to be passing through, that's fine. Shalom. Mazel tov. Sup. But uh, that's who I am. I'm a person of deep faith who has been into preparedness for 18 years. And that's who I'm talking to. And so if you're not one of those people and you find some value in this, feel free to stick around. If you are one of those people, welcome home. Good to see you. Coffee. This is the, as of yet unavailable to you, Moose Run Coffee Grindstone Blend. It's tremendous. I'll drop a link when it's, like, available for retail. Right now it's in T&E. And the T&E is going very well. 
Meanwhile, rent has risen comparatively less, resulting in one of the largest gaps on record. However, at an average of $1,850, though, rent is still sky high, which only squeezes household budgets. And the disparity between ownership and renting costs are keeping investors out of the game, too. I know for a fact that there are properties in eastern Oklahoma where one can owner finance a piece of land for a few hundred dollars per month. No banks, just owner financed. And I also know that there are properties that one can rent, lease, uh, for between $500 and $900 with like a brick home and 5 to 20 acres and ponds and creeks and all that on them. So, yeah, you keep hoarding the system, man. Go ahead, but the suburbs. Johnny has t-ball and Susie has soccer and then I've got my goat yoga class and that I, whatever you're into, if you... I don't have any goats anymore because goats are ornery assholes, but I have sheep. If you'd like to pay $100 per session for sheep yoga, I'd be happy to sign you up. I have 2,900 sheep. That's $2,900 minus the cost of overhead. We'll just call it 2,500 bucks. We'll do that three times a week. That's 7,500 bucks, four times, four weeks in a month. That's $30,000 cleared. Coming out to uh, Bear's Sheep Yoga Farm. You'll love it. It's the best. If they shit on you, I'm sorry. That's their sheep. They just do that. They're probably also going to chew on your garments. But it'll be so peaceful. You're going to love it. Trust me. Yeah. You'll probably hear the sound of roosters being shot in the background. But you'll get over it. At $1,850, though, rent is still sky high. Which only squeezes household budgets, and the disparity between ownership and renting costs are keeping investors out of the game, too, which I'm not really perturbed about. Um, real estate speculation, especially in areas like where I live, has unnecessarily driven the cost of land up. When I moved here, land was uh, 500 to $800 an acre six years ago. It's depending on where you go, a thousand for you know undeveloped land, but three to eight thousand per acre for developed like improved land now. Although that's starting to fall off again, the real estate report with Bear Eastern Oklahoma edition. Ultimately, this changes the landscape by impacting the larger economy. Eventually. This should drop rates, but until then, it's a difficult situation to navigate. How difficult? As previous, previously reported on Bear Independent, that's us, welcome. Demand for travel and hospitality services is huge, as people throw up their hands in the face of insurmountable inflation and choose to carpe diem, seize the day, homeboy. I'm going to live for today, rather than prepare for the white picket fence they once hoped for. But with the dollar not stretching as far as it used to, something's got to give, and just about everything is giving. Now, one of the things that I would point out in rural areas, such as where I live, you will oftentimes find multiple generations, three, even four generations, living on the same piece of property. Why? That offsets operational costs significantly. You'll also find multiple households living on the same piece of property. Almost like a, dare I say, 
intentional community. Come out of her, my people, lest you partake of her sins and receive of her plagues. Revelation 18, verse 4. Also found in the book of Jeremiah, I believe, chapter 50. Interesting. Yeah, because if you get more people living on one piece of property, you offset the costs per piece of property. Well, if your property is the size of a postage stamp, that's much more difficult to do. But again, the anomaly in the history of mankind here is not how we've lived for thousands of years with multiple generations, all to a greater or lesser extent, pulling their own weight on the same piece of property. More inputs on the same piece of land lowers the operating cost and produces more outputs. Multiple generations on the same piece of land is how it has been, by and large, in this little experiment we call humankind for, depending on your world year, thousands of years, if not millions of years. The anomaly is the last hundred or so years of existence that we've had in these wealthy nations such as the United States of America. Everybody gets their own little postage stamp. Why? We talk all the time about how they try to divide right versus left, black versus white, conservative versus Democrat, but nobody brings up how they've tried to divide the family unit. And one of the best mechanisms for that is to separate those generations off the same piece of property. Because now Generation 1 has their own financed postage stamp. Generation 2 has their own financed postage stamp. Generation 3 has their own financed postage stamp. I've just 3x'd, maybe even 4x'd if I'm the bank, the amount of revenue that I'm producing because your debt is their asset. Your debt is their income. Hmm, how interesting. So one possible way to deal with this is having multiple generations or multiple households on the same piece of property to offset those costs. Even retail has been cast aside. Dollar Gentral has seen discretionary products left on the shelves by lower income consumers as they try to make their dollars stretch on necessities alone. In a statement, the company said, quote, the macroeconomic environment, aka the big picture, is more challenging than the company had previously anticipated. It's having a significant impact on customer spending levels and behaviors, end quote. In fact, Walmart, the king of cheap over overseas produced garbage, in fact, Walmart has begun seeing wealthier clientele as the focus on necessities intensifies. So those socioeconomic strata are changing. The buying habits of those within the socioeconomic strata are changing. Um... Who was it? Was it Goldman? It was Goldman or BlackRock? Forgive me, I don't remember. It's been a very intense week. Um, said that we are de facto in a recession at this point, just based upon uh, per capita spending. We're in a recession. Muy interesante, as they say in the Espanol. Uh, how interesting. As consumer confidence wavers, businesses need to become more innovative in order to adapt to this shifting landscape. Larger chains like Macy's and Costco are already doing this. 
Earning reports from both of these stores serve as a good reflection on the ongoing economic challenges, particularly in regard to consumer spending, as they have indicated that they will be changing what fills their shelves to food, essentials, and services, according to Macy's CEO, Jeff Jeanette. I'm, uh, I'm part of several different high-level coaching groups, yes, coaching, yep, because I don't know everything, and uh, we is smarter than me, one of which, the top tier of which is the Arate Syndicate, which is run by Ed Millette and Andy Frazella, and I'm part of their online community as well, and I just this morning rebuked somebody who was complaining about how difficult it is to scale their business right now, and are there any tips, tricks, hints that they could use to not have to focus on the little micro things and instead be able to pull back, take a deep breath and uh, see the big picture. And what I told them, so business advice for all of y'all in the Bear Nation who are entrepreneurial or operate as entrepreneurs within a business is this. It's effing hard. Stop trying to make it easy. It's not easy. If you don't focus on the micro, and the macro, and if you don't treat it with the respect that it deserves, the fact that it's effing hard, you won't have a business to worry about scaling, especially in today's macroeconomic climate. Facts. And I think in many cases, we are spoiled as Americans and Westerners, where we have this sense of entitlement that it should be easy. I know it's, I know it's going to be harder than my normal day of sipping caramel macchiatos and sending a few emails. I know it's going to be harder than that, but y'all, we haven't even seen the beginning of hard yet. There's so many people right now that are pontificating on this is end times. Well, I got news for you. If this is what end times look like, John was really elaborating in the book of Revelation, like by a lot, a super duper lot. It's still easy. Y'all, nobody is trying to actively kill you right now. You still have food. You can still get fuel. The electricity is still on. The beams of energy are still flying through the air. The Babylonian rectangles of death still function. This is easy. And my point here is, if it gets harder than this, well, sweetheart, that's why we prep. That's the point. Right? Like, did you think it was going to be a seamless transition from normalcy to reestablishing normalcy? Where did that idea come about? Or is that just naivete speaking? It should be hard. Especially if you have the audacity to state that your goal is to survive the end of the world as we know it. Whether that's a business surviving the end of the economic climate as we know it, or it's you as an individual or a household or a group of believers attempting to survive the end of the world as we know it. That's a lofty goal. And if you're expecting it to be easy, you're going to be heartbroken and a statistic about that quick. This is what we prep for. Like, eyes wide open. Look at this. Nobody's trying to kill me right now. Praise the most high. I've got hot coffee in a tumbler that was made on a machine somewhere in a factory.
This is not half a gourd that I had to grow in the garden and then dry and then turn into a container. It's not a log that I had to take coals out of the fire and burn a dugout into so that I could use it as a bowl. This ain't hard. It's less convenient than it was even a few years ago. But this is not what hard looks like. So, with love in my heart, suck it up, buttercups. It's going to be okay. Or it's not. And that's entirely up to you. And I would submit your relationship with the Father. But if we're ready to throw our hands up in the air right now and go, Oh, it's so difficult. All you have done is become an epic loot drop for somebody has, who has more intestinal fortitude than you do. Yah forbid you should have to fight for your existence. The labor market is also shifting too. Employers are now often interviewing potential hires multiple times before finally deciding on a candidate. One unnamed employer told NPR, quote, we are in uncharted territory. It's crucial to approach hiring with caution and ensure the right fit for the long term, end quote. Those seeking employment in turn are experiencing more anxiety and unpredictability as the process is drawn out. Part of that, see, because a, a very successful macroeconomic strategy for hiring is to hire fast and fire fast. Your gut knows whether or not this person is a good fit for your business or for your mutual assistance group. Like, almost instantly. That intuition is something that, again, depending on your worldview, is either a gift from the creator of the universe or is due to thousands, millions of years of evolution. I would skew towards the first statement. I think it's a gift from the Father. To be able to ascertain safety or danger in a split second... Oh, it's millions of years of evolution. Okay. Find me the missing link, bro. But I digress. Your ability to make that call in a split second, a split second judgment call, is a gift from the Father. And you know instantly whether this person is a good fit for your organization, whatever that organization may be, or not. You also know when it's time for those people to go. And because of this freaking nanny state that we've built, uh, both on the federal level and in many cases at the state level, it's very difficult to fire people now. Severance pay, unemployment, benefits, um, this litigious society that we live in where there's lawsuits abound, discrimination. He discriminated against me because they only had two bathrooms. They didn't have a third with a litter box in that I could take a shit on for an hour and a half of my eight-hour shift per day. Yeah, so that's why they fired me. They were discriminating against me. You should hire fast because when you know, you know. And if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. You should also fire fast, especially in your, your groups, your mutual assistance groups, your crews, your whatever you want to call you and your people that, that have the audacity to survive the end of the world as we know it. When something's wrong, you know it too. And you should execute on the fact that it's wrong about that fast. Now, we are in week eight, at the end of week eight of 50 weeks of preparedness. 
an initiative that we're doing here at this channel. So I want to talk to you briefly about the concept of training. Training, by the way, just like learning, is an ongoing process. It never stops. It never stops. I have many a friend and mentor that are uh, U.S. Army Special Forces, current or retired. And there's a saying they like to use, selection never stops, right? Training never stops. Cool. So, core foundational concept with training slash performance is one does not rise to their level of expectation. You fall to your level of training. What that means is if you think I will do X, Y, and Z when external stimulus happens, oh, somebody shoots at me, I will move to cover, I will look, I will uh, return fire, and then I will move again, and then all my buddies will swarm them with rifles. Yeah, how many times do you train that? That, that sounds stupid just saying it out loud, okay? That's not going to happen unless you have drilled that oh, about a thousand times. Or I will figure out how to use a tourniquet or... You forbid make a tourniquet if you've never been trained when somebody has a critical bleed and they're dying, right? Or I have a cool guy rifle and because the cartridge that this rifle chambers has an effective range of 1100 meters, therefore I'm now a designated marksman, if not a sniper, and I also have an effective range of 1100 meters. Nope, doesn't work that way. And even then, wait, or this, I possess a Baofeng. I can now talk to the International Space Station. Nope, doesn't work that way. You know how many people have a radio like this, don't even know how to change the frequency on it? It's a lot of y'all. I know it's a lot of y'all because I've met a lot of y'all with your radios. So, you need to be training regularly, consistently. I would submit once per week if you can. And that training can look like all different types of things. Should you be training survival skills and bushcraft stuff? Yup. Firearm stuff? Yup. But then again, like, what are your standards? Johnny dumped his magazine into the berm behind the target. Does that count as a win for y'all? Right, so standards are, are something that should be inspectable and enforceable. You either can or can't do these things, pass or fail, right? Medical stuff. You should be training medical stuff. By the way, free playlist here at this channel. The Trauma Medicine Playlist. Go watch that. Eight videos, approximately four hours long, teaching you the essentials of TCCC, TECC, Tactical Emergency Casualty Care. Radio. You should be training on how do I use this radio. Right? Even just basic simplex stuff. How do I talk to another radio that's within direct line of sight of where I am? Um, but training's not just cool guy stuff as well. Like, you should have training and classes on this is how you plant potatoes. Then, a hundred days later, this is how you harvest potatoes. This is how you process a chicken, a sheep, a cow. This is how you pressure can meat. Um, land nav. This is how you walk in the woods and don't die. This is a rucksack. This is, you know, basic setup of a rucksack. Here's what you need. You know, need to have, nice to have, throw that shit in the trash, right? Just, and if you have a group of people, you should be encouraging everybody in that group of people to pick a subject that they can give a class on and then do that once a week. 
I know. Training. So week eight, training. In in the prepper sphere, there exists this modus operandi where people buy shit and then they equate possession of that shit to proficiency with that shit and that's not the case. It doesn't work. I mean, you have one of these? Like, if you don't even know why one of these is a good idea, we're just playing, right? I have a bunch of these in uh, different flavors, if you will. This one is new because I need it for a thing because it approximates almost perfectly the firearm that I carry almost every day. And as that everyday carry firearm has changed, so has the blue gun for training purposes. So please identify key, get together with your group, get together, have a conversation, identify key areas of things that you need to be training up, and then figure out who's going to train up what. Okay, and if you have somebody in your group that's the subject matter expert, like say for example medical, um, Bill over here is an EMT. Awesome. Have Bill Bill as an EMT begin the basics, BLS, basic life support, um, basic bleeding control, like airway and respiratory, basic stuff. Then Bill goes to a more advanced class. Let's say Bill goes to Responder Three from Refuge Training. Then Bill comes back, and what's Bill's job? To run everybody else in the group through his version of Responder 3 now. Yeah. Otay? Otay, bear. Now, we're also going to do National Intel today. National Intel is Intel that y'all send in to intel at bearindependent.com. That is an email address. Do not send links to videos that Bear needs to watch. I won't watch them. Do not send links to articles that Bear needs to read. I won't read them. What I want from you is what you have seen or heard with your own eyes and ears. Okay? I want your first-hand accounts of what you are experiencing out there in the world. Intel at BearIndependent.com These are all quotes. I will not say quote over and over and over again. So just understand these are all quotes. Uh, quotes. Tugoon23, National Intel. We just had a baby, and the hospital we were at is the largest one on the East Coast between Philly and Baltimore. They don't have enough staff to work at full capacity, allegedly because since Charlie Victor won Niner, incentive pay ended, and people don't think it's worth it to sign up for overtime. And their supplies are starting to run thin to the point where you're not offered certain things unless you request it, and what you get is third tier in quality. They're having trouble sourcing the standard issue stuff now, apparently. Overall, it was still a good experience, but this hospital is a regional powerhouse that basically owns healthcare for a 70-mile radius. It's telling to see them struggling at all. One of our salespeople at Refuge Medical had an incredible call yesterday with a very large organization who, in part serves the DOD, Department of Defense. And some of the questions that they were asking about our ability to source certain things for the DOD is also telling. Scarcity breeds value, right? Why is gold valuable? Because it's not just popping up out of the ground. Versus dirt. Dirt? 
in most places, covers the ground. Not that dirt doesn't have a price, not that dirt doesn't have value, but when you're comparing ounce to ounce dirt for gold, gold wins. Scarcity breeds value. And so this phone call that came in was super interesting that the Department of Defense wants to know if we can supply uh, certain components. Interesting. That's an indicator, y'all. That's an indicator. Next, I work at a Central Philly. I work at Central Philly, aka Lycoming Avenue. Gunshots normally two to three times a week. Gunshots are down due to the cost of ammunition, and people are becoming more brazen in their feeling out of whether they can steal. Guys never used to push boundaries much with people like me or guys at work, and are now starting to. Also, we have ghetto car wash guys outside of work. They now have the whole family washing cars, not just dad. Damage on vehicles not getting repaired is also up for both companies and the people in the area. Also, the normal number of drug users living on the street is up. But it's also summer, so... Next. Super interesting, this one. Pay attention. You should have been paying attention this entire time, but I know most of you consume this content passively while driving down the road or mowing the lawn or wrangling your children or feeding your animals or whatever. Passive listening. Active listening on this one. My recommendation. I work at General Dynamics, Bath Ironworks, building Navy destroyers. A few months ago, the vice president held a meeting saying the Navy director, or whoever they talk to from the Navy, is saying we need to pick up the pace because we will be going to war with China. Then he reiterated, will, not maybe going to war with China, will be going to war with China. Then, the next month, the Navy threatened to shut down hot work if we have one, one more little fire or get caught not filling out paperwork for a hot job, etc. Hot jobs mean welding, blasting, grinding, etc. So the vice president of General Dynamics told the people at General Dynamics Bath Ironworks, who is building Navy destroyers, to quote, pick up the pace because we will be going to war with China. Coincidence, I'm sure. And last, I'm an inspector for a federal maintenance facility. One of my jobs is prepping equipment to ship from one unit to another, aka transferring military equipment. Usually, I get three plus week heads up of equipment movement. Early this month, I moved four pieces of engineering equipment with less than 12 hours notification. This equipment just went to Japan. It was something way out of the norm for us. Just thought you would want to know. That is the end of the national intel. If you're one of those people that jumps off when it's time to talk about the value exchange here at the channel, this is your polite invitation to beat feet skedaddle, get out of here, have a blessed day. Shalom. For everybody else, we're going to talk about a little bit of value exchange. just in case. <sighs> Patreon. 
five dollars per month five dollars per month but bear i can't five dollars per month there's more content and much deeper more introspective more detailed content on patreon than there is on youtube because of the uh YouTube algorithmic robots. It is a necessity that that content lives over there on Patreon. There's a minimum of 20, in many cases, 40 or 50 pieces of exclusive content at Patreon per month. It is a prepper consultancy. You ask the questions, I give the answers in long form video format, as well as we spend a minimum of eight hours per month doing live Q and A's on Patreon. Link in the description. This morning, we talked about Sasquatch sign. Yes, I'm being serious. Sasquatch sign. Well, that's interesting. Sound the alarm. The Chinese are coming. We talked about Sasquatch sign as well as my particular philosophy of use for bolt guns like this guy hanging on the wall up here. Now, your mileage may vary and I'm not a sniper but my particular philosophy of use on bolt guns. Next, Refuge Medical, little company you might have heard of. Uh, started it four years ago in my barn. Um, now, by the blessing of the Most High, we are on four continents with all branches of the U.S. Armed Forces. We are up to 78 lives saved. 78 lives saved. The most recent life that was saved was a compound tib-fib fracture with a considerable amount of bleeding, and uh, the person who responded had a soft tea tourniquet in their pocket, and they said in their after-action report, thank you so much for encouraging just normal people like us to carry this life-saving equipment on us. And uh, the person who had the tib-fib fracture was their close relative, and one could argue tib-fib fracture, compound tib-fib, not necessarily life-threatening, but given the location where it occurred and their access to a higher level of care, if that tourniquet had not been put on, our judgment after analyzing the after-action report is that that person likely would have died if they did not have a tourniquet applied. So good job, Bravo Zulu. Way to go. At Refuge Medical, all of our kits and components are HSA and FSA eligible. We make everything here in the United States of America. We've had hundreds of five-star reviews on our stuff um you know like i said elective adoption from every branch of the u.s armed forces because our stuff is better than what they're issued significantly better than what they're issued we also when i say we make our stuff in the united states of america i mean that every stitch every thread every grommet is made here in the united states of america unlike a lot of our competitors and other companies that like to say assembled in the United States of America. Got it, you bought Chinese shit from overseas and then put it together here with a pair of American hands. That's not what we do. Um, and a lot of companies will say made in America, and what they mean by that is made in Mexico, the United States of America, and or Canada. They mean North America. Nope, we make our stuff in Oklahoma, in Arkansas, in Texas, and in Connecticut. All of it. So, refugemedical.com, uh, you can check that out. The bare minimum, a lot of people have been asking for, like, what's a good entry-level kit? This is the bare minimum. It's about that big. It weighs about a pound and a half. I've got my shears on the outside here. I've got a committee on TCCC recommended genuine North American Rescue cat tourniquet on the outside right here. 
as you can see, it's made out of durable nylon. This is your portability and durability module right here. The outer pouch, you grab this tab, you rip it open, you grab the red handle, you pull the inner out of the outer. Now I have a purpose-built trauma first aid kit in my hand. Not attached to my body, not bungee corded onto me, not I can't find it when I need it right now, in my hand. Same functionality as the bear fact where I can open this with one hand if like three of the lives that we've saved, you're missing your hand, you can pop this open. Where are you? Oh, on the other side of the tree stump, huh? No balls. All talk, no balls. That's all right. As I was saying, the bare minimum. So I've got my tourniquet and my shears on the outside. I've got my medical tape here. I've got uh, compressed gauze for wound packing. Quick clot gauze for wound packing, a roll of curlix right here for major or minor lacerations, a pair of gloves because if it's wet and not yours, don't touch it. Back behind here, I've got an eye shield and an eye pad for eye injuries. I've got a six inch North American res Rescue Emergency Trauma Dressing, aka what most people would call an Israeli bandage, just way better. We have our Made in the USA tag right here because it is. In the back, back here in the stack, I've got a burn tech dressing for burns, and I've got a pair of chest seals, two chest seals in the back. So this is all trauma medicine up here, massive bleeding, airway, respiratory, head injury, um, circulation, etc., etc. Then down in the bottom, and as far as kits go, this is one of our most affordable kits at the website, all right? This is 219 bucks. Incredibly fast shipping. In the bottom down here, I have... That's a different rooster. In the bottom, I have my boo-boo wipes. BZK antiseptics, burn gels, etc., etc. My little boo-boo wipes. I've got Steri-Strips for wound closures. Half inch and quarter inch uh, width Steri-Strips for closing wounds. By popular demand from the Bear Nation, I have Band-Aids. I've been chastised by so many of y'all. Awesome Bear, if my truck gets blown up by uh, a V-bed or by an IED, I can deal with that. What happens if Timmy falls off of his tricycle? Band-Aids, okay? So you have Band-Aids in here. It's standard bandages, knuckle bandages, um, the H Band-Aids right here. And then you have a gauze pack, two by twos, four by fours, five by nines, which when coupled with your one inch tape right here, will handle a lot of problems. So the bare minimum is a really good, I'm not even gonna use the word compromise. It's a really good evolution between a boo-boo kit and a trauma first aid kit. Massive bleeding, airway, respiratory, circulation, head injury, it will, all, it will cover all of that, plus boo-boos and minor wound closures. And, guaranteed forever if you use the contents of this kit to render aid or save somebody's life i will replace the contents at no cost to you if you break this however you break it i will replace it at zero cost to you 
All I ask is an after-action report. Just shoot me an email and let me know what you did or how the product failed or how the product worked or whatever it may be. We are about getting the best possible equipment into your hands so you can use it to not feel helpless, but to be the hero when disaster strikes. Okay? Okay, bear. Refugetraining.com. Uh, we have more classes in Pecola, Oklahoma. Went live yesterday, I believe. Responder 1, Responder 2, Responder 3. Responder 1 is the March algorithm. It's a four-hour classroom setting, which is massive bleeding, airway, respiratory circulation, head injury, hypothermia, everything else, a.k.a. how to use your, your IFAC, your BareFAC, your individual first aid kit, with um, lots of reps and sets, applying tourniquets to your arms, to your legs, to other people's arms, to your legs, wound packing, applying chest seals, etc., like actually physically viscerally tactile doing the work not death by powerpoint responder 2 builds on that with cpr and aed in a tactical setting plus more reps and sets on chest seals nasos tourniquets wound packing on yourself and on others plus it's an intro to scenario based training where you will work a motor vehicle accident with crisis actors blood screaming smoke the whole nine uh, to see how you respond because for most of us that's going to be your most likely modality of injury is a motor vehicle accident. That's another four to five hour class. And then you have responder three, which is 10 hours of tactical medicine, including individual and group scenarios that you have to navigate with force on force using blue guns and blank firing adapters and intro to small unit tactics how to shoot, move, communicate, all that stuff, so that you don't get eaten alive by the op four, by the instructors. Also with crisis actors and smoke and blood, and it's phenomenal. There is nothing else like it in the world of civilian medical training. So, all those classes are live at refugetraining.com. Uh, if you are returning to class or you're sending somebody you love to class, use promo code ALUMNI for a percentage off. And last but certainly not least, grindstoneministries.com. If you would like to support our ongoing mission of rescuing children from assholes so that they are not serially raped and abused, please visit grindstoneministries.com. A lot of y'all have been asking me about that new Jim Caviezel movie that's coming out. Bear, have you seen the trailer? It looks so good. I watched the trailer last night. Yeah, it looks good. Guys, we do that. We do that. But then above and beyond going and getting the kids back, we see it as a biblical command to forsake not the widow and the orphan and to break generational curses. In other words, we, we have to put these kids back together again so that they do not cross over when they are older from victim to victimizer. Because hurt people hurt people. And the average offender is responsible for 82 victims statistically. Not 82 incidents, 82 individual victims. And so we have to break those generational curses. And we do that by providing a biblical covering to widows and orphans to raise them up in the way that they should go so they do not depart from it when they are older. And if you're down with that, if you want to participate, or if you want to support the mission, grindstoneministries.com. Also, Whiskey with Bear is live. It is a fundraiser for Caleb House, our restoration facility. If you're on Patreon, scroll back a few posts. 
you'll find the link. I'm making it available to patrons first before I make it available to the general population, just like I do with everything else. It goes on Patreon first and then out to Gen Pop. That is the brief for today. I appreciate y'all deeply. I hope you have an awesome day. Bless y'all. Shalom.